this is Aruna Krishnan. On this episode of Lead That Thing, I talk to J.M. Ryerson, co-founder and CEO of Let's Go Win. Welcome, everyone. Today on the show, I have with me J.M. Ryerson. He is the co-founder and CEO of Let's Go Win, whose mission is to increase leadership, enhance culture, and help teams achieve peak performance. His ultimate goal is to give others the tools that will allow them to transcend their self-limiting beliefs. Welcome, JM. Thank you, Runa. I appreciate you having me on today. It's my pleasure. So I really want to get into this. I always get so excited about, you know, trying to help people, elevate people. And it sounds like we both have very similar goals when it comes to that. So let's start, start with your company, Let's Go Win. I, I love the name. It's so it sounds very empowering right off the bat. So what do you do with your company? Who are your clients and how do you serve them? Yeah, so my clients are anyone that really wants to get help, but I specialize helping with teams, helping teams perform at their optimal level. And that usually starts with the leader themselves, right? You can't mm-hmm. lead somebody unless you're pretty sound in, in what you're trying to do. So. Um, I try not to have the word hate in my life, but I hate self-limiting beliefs. I just, I don't like them. And so that's a big part of what I help people overcome is just so many people have the ability to do so much more, but because of, you know, hard wires or the way they were raised, they, they put limiting beliefs on themselves. So typically I start with the leader themselves and then we work on building their team so that everyone is truly living their best life. And, and as you mentioned with the book that, you know, keys to living your best life. So it all started with just wanting to continue to help people. And uh, so far it's been great. I love working with people that want to get better every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, culture is a big part of what I talk about because so many teams have this amazing culture, but if you let that one bad seed in, it, it can kind of ruin it. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's who I work with uh, on a daily basis. Yeah. So I caught something there about you help the leaders and you start with the leaders because that's where it starts. And that's so true because the culture flows all the way from the top, right? And everybody has to be on the same page in that sense. So it's very hard to influence culture when you're, leadership may be not on the same page as you. Um, So the question I have is, what would you say are, from a leadership standpoint, the top three things that you find yourself trying to correct or coach on? Yeah, so the first thing is literally what you said is establishing what are the cultural values. That's the number one thing that I start with every team is, let's recognize what those are so we know what we're supposed Mm -hmm. to you know, act like, what are we supposed to innately have? Because truly, if, if you get aligned with that, it's amazing how easy things become. So if somebody is out of line in one of the cultural values, you can easily address that. But if you don't know very clearly mm-hmm. what's expected of me, how do I know how to act? So that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. The second thing is literally getting very, very clear on what we're trying to do. And I know mm-hmm. that sounds like, well, of course, if I ask 10 people or 10 teams, nine out of 10 are not clear and, and cannot say from one, you know, yeah. if they can't say it the same thing. So we get, that's the second goal or goal is to get very clear and, and get clarity on what we're trying to accomplish. 
Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is just creating momentum. It's, it's amazing when you just give somebody that praise, that recognition to say, mm-hmm. great job, how much further that goes. So when you look at why employees are disengaged, that's the number one reason is they don't feel appreciated. So just creating those small wins. I know we're in a virtual environment, but you know, I'm yeah. giving Aruna a virtual high five. It puts a smile on your face. How can it not? Versus just, you know, you know, that's your job and you don't say anything. Exactly. Not recognizing people. So those are the three keys that I start with every single team. Yeah, that's really true. And having been on the side of, you know, being that person on the team, it's like you want to feel valued and you want to know that your leader understands the value you bring to the team because that, that motivates you more. Like you could be working at your highest potential, but then you're not quite getting the right feedback and not getting that acknowledgement and it becomes very discouraging. Um, so yeah, it's good that you bring that awareness to leaders because they may not, they may not, know that that is important to people and to train them to say that yeah you need to acknowledge people and even for that matter try and see where are people struggling and then help them kind of lift them up and see how how you as a leader can help them through some of those struggles so just as an employee or as a team member knowing that they care about you it goes such a long way yeah. yeah, one of the easiest examples, if you look at like sports teams and you see the synergy and they're usually dancing, they're giving high fives, you can see the energy. Even if you're just watching on TV, it's not any different, in my opinion, in business. It's like yeah. you can feel a great culture or you can feel the other, but it does start with, again, maybe it's lack of physical contact, but just positive like, hey, Aruna, I think you're doing such a great job. How good does that feel for somebody right. to say that? Versus, um, you know, all right, Aruna did what she was supposed to do, moving yeah. on. And it's yeah. a simple, it doesn't cost us a dime right. to do it, yet are you recognizing your teammates yeah. and saying, hey, I just want to tell you, I think you're doing an amazing job today. Right. It goes such a long way. That's so true. So on those lines, then, this is also, your mission has also led you to write a book and you released it this year. And... Uh, the title is Let's Go Win. And what is the subtitle? Uh, Keys to Living Your Best Life. Okay. So tell us more about the book. What, are you, what do you cover in the book? So I originally wrote the book for my two boys. And, and it was really, it's lessons from my parents, from my grandparents, from mentors, from authors. I love to read. Mm-hmm. And what, I, what the decision was is if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, there's so many amazing lessons that I want them to know. And it's, it's not an ego thing. Mm-hmm. It's not about me. It's about them. I want them to know what my grandparents taught me. And, I, and so I gathered it all into, you know, an area of leadership because I ask my boys every single night, are you mm-hmm. a leader? And since they were babies, they have the exact same response, literally since the day they could talk. And the book is all based on that. So I start with vulnerability in chapter one and, you know, end it transcend at transcendence on chapter 12. And it's just applicable, easy things that they can use every single day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll talk about humility in there. We talk about mindfulness, as you and I talked about earlier. And yeah. it's just really practical tools that they can use. Now, that was the original intent. 
the gal I was working with said, I didn't think of you as a, as a selfish person. I said, gosh, yeah. I didn't think I was selfish either. Yeah. Said, if you only share this with two people, right. you're extremely selfish. <laughs> and so that led me to publish, yeah. the book, put it out there yeah. and it's turned into this amazing whirlwind of, you know, outside of just my yeah. normal business, helping other people yeah. know some of these things, because what I may think is common sense, right. they have never learned those lessons. And yeah. so whenever you have something that you can help another human being with, share. Mm -hmm. yeah, and so definitely. that's the whole idea of the book is to share these easy, practical steps. And I wanted it to be an easy read right. so that if you hopped on an airplane in New York, yeah. by the time you landed in LA, you could have yeah. finished the book. Yeah, that I totally relate to that. And your story is actually very similar to mine. My first book, especially, uh, was more on like my journey and about figuring out how to develop my uh, emotional intelligence. I mean, and how mindfulness came into the picture. And definitely, I wanted to share it with people because I wanted to help people to know that there are, there are ways to overcome, you know, those difficulties. And then there are simple ways. And my book is also like yours, an easy read because you don't want it to be textbookish. It's, it's extremely practical, very easy to read, very easy to apply, but yet it can change your life as well as the people around you, right? So if you're a good, you become a better leader, the lives of the teams are becoming much better, right? And as well as the uh, experience of your customer, because if your teams are happier, then they're going to do a better job with what kind of product they put out. So it's kind of like a continuously positive like a domino effect of positivity and that's that's really what we need like in the world these days so yeah that's that's really good so how old are your sons just to get some context around this yeah so i have a 14 year old and a 10 year old soon to be 11 so uh, my 14 year old embraced it read the whole book my 10 year old it's been a bit of a struggle reading it you know yeah you know but that's cool like right you know, we talk about it and, and yeah. so what's fun when we read it together, yeah. you know, I put in quotes in every chapter and he'll go, well, who's this person? And then we get to talk about it. So instead of just being a surface level conversation mm -hmm. about, you know, you know, how is school today or, how, you know, we get deeper as with a 10 year old talking about, yeah. you know, who, who's Oprah Winfrey or Brene yeah. Brown or whoever right. the quotes are throughout. And I don't care if it's my book or it's anyone's book. Like I'm sure whenever you have those experiences and you get to share them with, with your family, mm -hmm. you get to dig a little deeper, you get to understand them even better. Right. And, and that's what's been so fun doing it with this particular book and just reading as a family in general. Yeah. And you talked about, you asked them, do you want to be a leader or are you a leader? And their answer has always been, yes, I take it. <laughs> it. It is yes. And then they have a series of things that they say. So are you a leader? Yes. How come? I'm confident, strong, intelligent, athletic, good looking, dynamic, popular, talented, oh, independent boy with growth mindset. Oh, and wow. So they have literally, I started that. So I guess it would have been almost 13 years ago with my 14 year old and just started reciting it. And yeah, since my youngest, he talked pretty early, he could say it almost at the age of one, that entire wow. thing. So, you know, I believe in repeating these positive affirmations mm -hmm. 
and and you know it, I want them to have that confidence so when yeah. they are faced with adversity or they're bullied at school that right. they can go back and say no I have my self-worth I'm okay and it's helped in certain situations for sure yeah. oh that's so important because I, I think about you know imposter syndrome like it gets people it gets people pretty early and it can last for a really long time and I, I I keep bringing this up on my shows. Like I think it got me till I was at least 35 to 40, you know? And so what you're doing with your kids is great that, you know, you, you're constantly helping them understand that, you know, where they stand, that they have this. And even if they have those inklings of doubt, every time they have that conversation with you at night, it's, it's kind of flushed out or the, it's an opportunity for them to talk to you and say, Hey, I'm not just going to say this because to say this, you know, it becomes part of, I believe this and I understand what this means. And with every result that I get, it's going to match up with the words that I'm saying. So then there's much more value to it. Yeah. That imposter syndrome. I'm so glad you talk about that because so many people, we, we at all at some point have felt that way. Yeah. I don't know how you felt Aruna with your first book, but for me at first I was, I didn't fully appreciate what the work that was put mm -hmm. in and, and mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily feel like an author quote unquote. And I'm right. Not, right. I still struggle with that at right. times. So that's a real thing. But if you think about it differently and just say, are, what is your intent? Is it to give back to the world and give everything mm -hmm. you got? Mm -hmm. Well, what kind of an imposter is that? You're doing amazing things. So. Oh my goodness. I feel like you're my brother from another mother. Seriously. Like that's exactly my thinking too. It's like, okay, uh, my intent with pushing this out is to help people. So I, even if I'm scared, I know what my intent is good. And Maybe my writing may not be 100% or 110%, but I think it's, it's good enough that I'm going to get my message out. And if I change one person's life through this, then it's a good thing. It doesn't matter, right? And instead of worrying about, oh, what is somebody going to say? The impact that you can have on people's life is much greater than one piece of feedback to say, oh, you, your, your grammar was wrong. And hopefully I've gone through the process enough that I, with my editor, editors that that's not something I need to worry about. Yeah. But like you say, even if you do, you're going to say something that you cannot always please everyone, right? Mm -hmm. So you may have helped, you know, tens of thousands of people, but then you'll always have the trolls or people saying, mm -hmm. oh, but you're the, that's okay. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm not your cup of tea, but my intent is to give everything I have. So I love how you being so vulnerable. And, yeah. and when you write a book, you're, you're putting yourself out there like that. Right. So. right. Yeah. That, that, that's so cool to hear you say that. So now you definitely started with uh, being a leadership coach with your children, but you've taken that to a different level. You play a leadership coach to other people. Through that journey, what are some of the elements that you found that you can share makes an effective team? Oh, um, an effective team. There's three really important keys if you're working with a team. And uh, Google, if you ever want to geek out on this, did <laughs> a lot of research. Uh, but the first is having psychological safety with a team. So mm -hmm. everybody feels confident enough and comfortable to and safe to speak up. The second would be trust. So having trust, one of the really important things that I coach, and you'll hear me say a lot, no one cares what you know until they know that you care. And once mm -hmm. they know that you care, you can start to establish that foundation of trust. The third key is 
So if you're in a team of, let's say, eight, not just having one or two or three people speaking, but having an equivalent amount approximately of everyone, that's what they found to be the three keys to the most effective teams, psychological safety, trust, and then equal amount of speaking or equal amount of participation. And so it didn't matter IQ or backgrounds or any of that, it mattered for those three. And so that's what I work on with all of my teams is, do we have safety? Or are you afraid to speak up, feeling judged? Because ultimately, that's why a lot of people don't. They don't want to feel that way. Do you trust that you can say those things? Yes, no, maybe. And then that obviously affects whether they're willing to truly give and and be engaged and participate. Mm -hmm. Tell me that quote for number two again and say it a little slower. Yeah, no one cares what you know until they know that you care. Oh, I like that. I could just process that right now. That is a very good quote. (laughs) I mean, you just, you think about all the people that are really brilliant and that's awesome. But if they're just, it's that one, when I lead with leaders, that's one of the biggest things. I'm like, it's not about you. It's about your people. Mm -hmm. So just remember, you got it. You got to get to know them. You got to really know what drives them. Because it's not about you. It's about your team. It's about this particular individual. Right. So anyway, that's, and I know that's why starting with vulnerability on the book, people ask me all the time, why'd you do that? That's a really touchy subject. I'm like, because it's the most profound lesson I've learned in in my professional careers to truly be vulnerable, 100% authentic to be me. Right. Right. And you don't always have to feel like you know all the answers. I think that's another misconception. As a leader, you don't have to have all the answers. And you can be you can admit that I don't have all the answers. And maybe you may know more than me in certain aspects and you may guide me. You as a leader are more, you know, have a broader, bigger picture, but there will be experts that are definitely better than you in certain areas. And you should be willing to drop that ego or that need to to be that, oh, I know everything and I lead everything with all this knowledge, but it be able to include people in your team, get people on board. And that what's, that's what makes you a better leader. And that's what brings you like the trust that you talked about. Well, that's such a misconception leaders have. How could you know everything? Right. And how boring would that be for the rest of your teammates if you know everything? Right. That's yeah. not interesting. And, and that's, again, right. In order to be interesting, you have to be interested. So even if you know the answer, you should ask your team, like, hey, what's your thought on this? Truly interested in there. And guess what? Now you become really interesting. And you don't, nobody likes to know it all that's always got their hand in there. Oh, I know that. Like, yeah. if you think about these things, it's like, of course you don't know it all as a leader. So I, I love that you said that. Now that we've talked about all these interesting things, your book and your, your uh, vision on leadership and being a leadership coach, if people want to learn more or if they, they want to get the book, how can they get a hold of you? What's the best way to get a hold of you or your book? Absolutely. So you, you can always go to letsgowin.com. There's a free assessment on there, guys. I, it's, it's, it's very easy to fill out and it's all about 10 areas of your life. And it really just helps you understand like, cause if one is way out of whack, so let's say your professional life is way out of whack. How can you show up in your personal life and be the best husband or father or 
brother or whatever yeah. your hat is that you're wearing, you can't. And so it's a free assessment. Go to uh, letsgowin.com and check it out. And then you can always uh, check us out at Let's Go Win 365 on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, LinkedIn. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, and that, that's very important. Uh, that's a very interesting point that you brought up about you know, having that balance between the work and life. And definitely, I think I might check out that uh, assessment as well. Because it's very easy to forget that you know, especially if you're driven in your career, trying to get up, up the ladder or trying to lead that there's still that element of you still have to manage your family and be that best leader or be that best self in the home life as well. Or, you know, try to find that perfect balance. I take the assessment at least monthly because I, I hear parents and not to continue this too much, but mm -hmm. I hear parents all the time or, you know, I, oh, I can't do that because it'll take away time for my kids. Well, guess what? If you don't fill that hobby bucket, if you don't fill that, you can't show up as being right. the best mom possible. So you're actually right. being selfish by not filling that bucket. <laughs> and so I, but yeah. life happens where you get busy. So you need to check in. So I take that assessment at least monthly to check in for myself because yeah. I want to show up as my best version in right. all those areas. But if I don't, if I'm not aware of it, you know, we get yeah. busy, life happens. Yeah, that's a very good point. So everyone, let's go check out that assessment tool. I, I wanna say this, especially for moms out there, I think it's it's very common for moms to feel that, okay, I'm working and it's my kids and I don't, I don't have the right to take time for myself. And just as you pointed out, that actually drains us more. But if we go have that self time, whatever form that takes, it actually gives us more energy to give more to our family. It brings a happier us to a more fulfilled us to our family as, as well as our jobs. So everyone go out there, fill out that assessment. And uh, thank you so much, Shayam, for being on. I really enjoyed this conversation and you brought a lot of great things for uh, the audience and for me to think about. And um, thanks so much for being on. Runa, I had a great time. Thanks for having me and uh, thanks for everything you're doing. I love that you're writing the books and bringing so much value to the world. It's amazing. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs>